to welcome everyone to this little spaces. Um, if you're listening to this on our podcast, uh, that means I was able to get it on our podcast. Uh, welcome, if you're listening that way, tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, my name is Donnie McHenry. Um, I'm joined by Rajshu Apollo. Raj, how you doing tonight? I feel like I haven't talked to you in a really long time. Yeah, I think we did one of these like a couple months ago, and honestly, like it, nothing's really changed since then, which is weird. Uh, it's been a super long off season, so um, yeah, I'm ready to get into these hypothetical deals. I'm just gonna pretend that Mark Stein report didn't happen today, so we're just gonna carry on as if uh, it didn't and go through these deals. Yeah, no, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna end up letting that Mark Stein report kind of transition us into the main thing we're gonna talk about later um Mm -hmm. which is uh you can see it in the spaces we're going to talk about either the uh well both we're going to talk about which one we prefer and kind of talk about each deal uh in and Mm -hmm. of itself in and of itself between the uh, pacers deal or the kind of three-team trade between the lakers jazz and knicks um Mm -hmm. of course both of those involve russ leaving um first i think walt's in here now walt can you hear me and uh how you doing tonight I can hear y'all. How oh, I sound? Sound good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can hear you clearly now. How you doing? I'm good, man. What's going on, bros? Long time. Not much. No hear from it from from the voice front. I know we kind of we uh chit chat text and DM, but <laughs> I'm good to hear from y'all. Yeah, I was, I was gonna say I haven't heard every, your guys' voices in a while. Uh, kind of took me aback when I started hearing Rogers, but. Yeah, we've we've definitely kept in touch all summer. Like Raj, Raj was saying before he got in here, nothing's really changed la- uh, since the last time we spoke. Uh, so we've just been, you know, DMing about a whole lot of nothing. Um, but who knows? Something might happen soon. We're going to talk about that later. Uh, first, I figured since I personally haven't talked about it in any sort of uh, public forum, I uh, figured we'd talk about the trade that happened last week. Uh, Lakers got good old uh, good old Patrick Beverly um, from the Utah Jazz. Uh, of course, he didn't spend a second uh, playing in their jersey there, but sent out Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson to get him. Um, I guess I'll just start with Raj. Uh, how do you kind of feel about the trade? I kind of feel like the resounding sentiment from Lakers fans was, uh, "We're better. We're better now." Yeah. But but how do you how do you feel about it all after uh, a few days have passed? Yeah, it makes sense, right? Like you understand it. Uh, I think THT just didn't fit, I guess, the scheme and the system that we're going to play, you know, next year. His game just doesn't fit into that. I still think there's a good player in there. I still think, you know, THT like can play uh, eventually. I don't think it probably would happen on this game. And like Patrick Beverly's a legit rotating player, and we need more of those. Like, you go through our roster, and we don't have very many players you can kind of just pencil into the starting lineup. He's 34, which, you know, uh, gives me some concern. But, I like, people are comparing him to Alex, Alex Caruso, like a, worse, like a little bit worse Alex Caruso. I think that's unfair. I think Caruso is, like, one of the best defenders in the league in his prime, et cetera. I think he can be, like, a better Avery Bradley, which I think, you know, sounds doesn't sound great. But I think Avery Bradley was, like, really good for us our title year. Um, and I think he's a better offensive player, and he's a legit defender. He, and I think he's a better, dis, a more disciplined defender than Avery Bradley was. So I think it's a like the trade makes sense. It sucks to lose Stanley in it too, 
I thought Stanley was like when you have a season like you did last year, you'd like to like take things from it, right? You'd like not to you'd like it to not be a total loss. I thought Stanley was something that we found a big six eight, you know, wing that can, you know, defend and has some ball handling, but I wish them the best in Utah. I think they're gonna stay in Utah. So but yeah, I like the Patrick Beverly deal, man. I think that made sense. I thought uh he's he's penciled in right now as a starter and I don't really see that changing no matter the two deals that we're gonna discuss later. So um, it's a good bet. He's 34, which is a concern. I don't think he's going to play like 80, 70 games or something like that. But uh, he's one of the better players on the team already, which tells you that, you know, it's a it's a win now move. So and it gives them, I guess, uh, some space for next year. Well, um, how do you feel about it? And then I guess this will lead to my thoughts after. But uh, do you do you have hate in your heart for Pat Bev like I do? <laughs> Yeah, I think everybody got their feelings about Pat Bell, man, given, like, everything that went down with him and Russ. And, like, now, uh, just from a, watching the game, you don't really see that happen. Like, because it's always, like, a unwritten rule and respect among players, like, not to do certain things. And, like, out of all, like, the things I've ever seen watching basketball, it definitely fit that criteria. So, I got my feelings about that. But, I mean, he on the team now, and I got to – cheer for him and support him, you know what I'm saying? Because I know that as dirty as that was, um, you know, he, he just the kind of player that fashioned himself on, like, playing hard um, yeah. to the whistle blow. So it, it's a, somewhat of an understanding there. And, uh, you know, being able to kind of see that, see how that's going to translate to the team is something I am looking forward to. I do hate to lose THT and Stanley, um, but based on <clears throat> what they've done, thus far and what I'm assuming they want to do, uh, they had to get, like you said, Rise, people people in that could play right away and do meaningful stuff and, and fit certain things that they've been missing like the last two years. And Pat Beverly, he checked the boxes, man. He, he can shoot respectively. Um, you know he can defend, hustle. One of the more underrated things I think he's going to bring to the team and just the point guard position or any other guards is he's like a, a very good rebounder. And like a sneaky good shot blocker too. I know that sounds crazy, but um, having somebody who can just like get get their hands on fifty fifty balls, create like fifty fifty opportunities, like clearly that means they're giving effort, and that's something they can like either when you don't have as much talent as you would need to be like a competitive team. That's the kind of stuff that'll make you a competitive team. So um, I'm, I'm I understand the trade and I'm with it. And as long as they do what I think they're gonna do, which you know we'll we'll get into that later. I think it's uh I think from a grade standpoint, I, I'll give them an A for it. Yeah. Um I mean, yeah, I'd say like his just personality and just like what he's gonna bring to the locker room. Like Raj point out is thirty four. Um I could be wrong, but I feel like he's kinda had some like little random injuries here and there past couple of years. Um, but like, even if he's injured, like, you know, he's going to be making an impact in the locker room. Um, whereas I feel like some guys, like, it's like, they're just there to hoop. And it's like, if they're injured, they're just, uh, they're just kind of a nothing. Um, definitely excited about the defense. I mean, he's other than AD, he's automatically the best defender on the team now. Um, might be like, <laughs> I've seen some people say he's the third best player on the team. I I don't know if I'm going to argue with it, to be completely honest, um, as currently constructed. But, yeah, I mean, 
I'm definitely, you know, I kind of like, this kind of reminds me just, you know, of how, how I feel about it. It reminds me of them getting Rondo for the first time uh, and how annoyed it made me and how I just had a very, very short leash in my mind uh, on Rondo. You know, if Rondo did something bad in the regular season, he immediately became my least favorite Laker of all time. Just like, even, even if it was just like the smallest little thing. Uh, that'll be how Pat Bev is, but... You know, what Pat Bev has going for him in terms of me comparing him to Rob and how I felt about Rob again, like there's uh Pat Bev's better, uh, I would say. Even like even the twenty nineteen and twenty season, uh, I know Rondo just went crazy in the bubble. Uh and I don't think Pat Bev will ever have that type of offensive performance for us in I'd say any game, let alone a playoff game, but uh, his defense is definitely something. And while what you said about like him blocking shots is definitely not crazy. Um, I think I'm assuming it was our good boy, uh, good buddy Pete, who put up a little highlight reel on the Lakers account of Pat Bev, numerous block shots, uh, one of like Brandon Ingram and stuff like that. And it's like, he can definitely block some shots His you know, perimeter defense is crazy. And, uh, you know, Raj kind of compared him to Caruso. I've seen a lot of people kind of make that comparison, you know, like Caruso light. Um, but that's like that type of perimeter defense that we had in that championship season that we did not have from anybody last season where, you know, he can pressure up there, take some risks and he knows he's got Anthony Davis behind him. Uh, and maybe, maybe miles Turner. Well, we'll talk about that later. What do you say, Raj? No, I was saying like on, on that point, uh, if you're going to build the title, well, I'm just trying to fit it back into what worked, right? Obviously 2019 worked and we had aggressive defenders at that time, uh, like Bradley, like Caruso, but, Patrick Beverly's a guy like you want him being aggressive, right? Like you want him at, at the top being able to aggressive. And I think that fits next to AD as your back line. I think you mentioned Miles Turner, like in passing really quick. But yeah, you just want him. You don't want him in like a conservative scheme, right? You want him to be, you know, himself to be able to cause chaos. And I think he's like one of those few players who can like live in the chaos, right? Like he can like still be disciplined in the system while also just being the most annoying person you could be to the other fan base or talking to talking trash to players, right? And he's one of the guys that could. And you talked about he has the cachet to kind of uh, – he's one of the few role players as well that I think I like, could tell LeBron, like, hey, you didn't make your rotation or go to AD, like, why are you, you know, uh, why are you being soft in the post or stuff like that. Like, there's stuff that he could say that a lot of role players, I think, even on the team last year wouldn't say, and a team that is kind of younger with the guys like Lonnie Walker and stuff like that. You want a couple more veteran pres- presence, presence that would uh, that would kind of talk to the stars that way. So I think he fits. I, mean, I think, you know, I, I the addition, I think – I think uh, he's a high-level rotation player, um, and he was good on Minnesota last year. I was looking; he shot thirty-eight and a half percent on catch-and-shoot threes. Like, I mean, if you're gonna build the archetype, you, want, you would wish he was, he was a little taller, but that's the type of archetype you want around LeBron AD: catch-and-shoot guys who defend their ass off. And Patrick Beverly fits right into that. So, um, I think it's a good move. I'm again sad to lose Taylor. He's gonna be one of those dudes that you know people come back and be like, "Oh, I can't believe they just gave him up for nothing." But uh, yeah, I. I yeah, I get the move, definitely. Yeah, shout out, shout out to THC. Uh, I mean, the only person I feel like uh, had more of just an adjustment that he needed to make from like his college gate, college days to mm-hmm. what this team needed is like Kuzma. Um, like, I just feel like both of those guys just kind of were, you know, asked to do, asked to do a lot in terms of wanting them to still do what they're they were first good at and, and that's you know getting to the basket scoring 
stuff like that. But then also it's like, you know, I remember going into the, not this past season, but the season before, and, you know, um, God, I can't remember anymore, but Vogel was like, oh, like, yeah, he's going to be our best wing defender. Talking about THC, and I just remember like, well, I hope so, <laughs> kind of need it, but I feel like it's kind of rude to ask a, ask that of him, but mm-hmm. whatever. Um, and then, yeah, Stanley, like, I kind of feel like that they were kind of fine with getting rid of Stanley. I kind of feel like they kind of pictured JTA, Toscano Anderson, kind of filling the same role, maybe Troy Brown here and there. Um, and then who knows, like, who may get traded to the Lakers that may uh, also take minutes from Stanley with that, you know, may not fill in the same exact role Stanley does, but mm-hmm. still taking minutes from him. So, but – I really hope they kill it for the Jazz. I mean, they might or THC might be able to average like like twenty seven a game for the Jazz uh, before the end of this year. It might uh might not lead to many wins for that team, but that's what they want. So yeah, exactly. That's what they want. Um, well, let's go ahead. Okay, Raj brought it up, so I gotta bring it up. I kind of have a rant to go on, honestly, in regards to this, but. Today oh, we is had a, this, is this the Mark Stein report? This is the Mark Stein report. Uh-huh. So, right. well, I'm going to bring up two things. One, the Mark Stein report. I guess I'll just say it right now. Uh-huh. Uh, he, he tweeted, uh, Westbrook and Beverly have already been in contact since becoming Lakers teammates. League sources right. tell me. And new coach Darvin Ham has told them he has lineups in mind to play Russ and Pat Bev side by side. Now, something I have just noticed after reading this for like maybe the third time today. He, he said they've been in contact. He didn't, say, he didn't say if they got along in that conversation, uh, just that they've been in contact. Um, we can talk about that first. Also, just wanted to bring up the uh, Genie Bus interview with Sam Amick and The Athletic. Uh, I would say not nothing crazy, kind of the same stuff she's been saying in yeah. multiple different exclusive interviews this summer. Uh, the, funny, the funny part is uh, when she said that Russ was the best player for the Lakers last season. And Sam Amick, uh, you know, they did like a whole podcast, and I think he kind of transcribed it a little bit for the actual article. Uh, it's just funny to me. Sam Amick was kind of looking back on the pod and just thought that was such an insanely <laughs> stupid <laughs> comment that he felt the need to text her following the interview and just be like, hey, yeah, you know that one guy you're paying $47 million to this season, possibly? You know how you said he's the best player? You want to you wanna like rethink that? And she did! She rethought it! Gave him, gave him a new definition. Well, what, I, what I meant was he was the most consistent. You know, he, he was always on the floor. Anyway, um, well, well, I'll just start with you. You, you got any comments on any of that? I'm gonna, we're going to use the Mark Stein you know, mention of Russ to trans, transition to the trade talks, but what do you, what do you think about all this? I'm going to go in the chat and I'm going to throw in a gif because I don't really know if y'all, uh, I know y'all probably watch like the wire, um, but it's like a, it's a gif that people always post when somebody say something crazy. And Lieutenant Daniels, it's these eyes he make, man. It's these eyes that he make at the, I can't remember the exact scene, but the eyes he make exactly what happened when is I, is it, is that. it, is it when he's like standing up in front of yes. everyone at the podium? Yeah. I know like, exactly. I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> but, yeah, that was me. Like, I'm like, you know, as the, the governor of the team, and anything you're doing where you're, like, in charge, you want to put the PR spin on some things. But sometimes I think 
And, you know, I, I have that kind of – I don't, don't want to call it a complaint because I'm, I'm just a nobody. I'm just a fan at the end of the day. But my biggest thing is that I wish they was a little bit more transparent about the way they sing um, and the way that things really are. Like, you simply could just say – she simply could have said, yeah, Russ was one of the guys that came out every night, played every game, so he can hang his hat on that. We, you know, we look forward to him building on it or doing X, Y, Z next year. But, <laughs> like, just saying that is – like just when you think they out of the, the mud, <clears throat> they don't want to give you nothing else to talk about. They they jump right back in and give you some more trash to eat. So when I seen that, I just rolled my eyes and I'm just like, man, can we just stay out of the news? Or right. Not, not so much to stay out of the news, but can we just like not say stuff that's just so obviously like not <laughs> not true. Um, it, it's like people embarrassing you in public. And basically, that's how I felt about it. I was like, come on, man. Yeah, I hate that. He, like he said in the second text he sent, he could have just said that. But to say that, I'm glad it didn't catch too much fire on social. But it, it definitely, like, made me roll my eyes and cover my face. And, like, I, 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 I was going to say, cover, covering my face is, like, what I felt like seeing it. <laughs> yeah. Did you listen? Did you guys listen to the audio of it? Did you go um, hear the hear the podcast? Um, I didn't listen to the pod, but Amick tweeted the clip of it. Of it, right? He tweeted a clip from the podcast. I and it was I, the it was the Russell Westbrook clip. I'm sure was it? I, I think I think it was okay. like where she called him the best player because I feel okay. like I saw it and I don't know how I didn't listen to the pod. Okay, when he li- I guess like listening to it, I kind of like she immediately followed best player by he was the most available, so I kind of understood that. And, uh, my thing is like why even go out like and do these right now? You know what I mean? And it's just like I think the issue more is that like most fans are in like this sense of urgency, right? They think think like they think like these trades are like on the I don't know if this football analogy is correct, but like on the two yard line, like they think like the trades are at that level, right? And that's the kind of sense of urgency we want to hear. When we hear the governor of the team go and speak, and she spoke so candidly about how Russ, you know, played last year, it's just so that you know, I, I, we've heard the whole summer, and we understand Russ played all the games and stuff like that. But you know, it's it's five four weeks until five weeks until you know preseason starts. Like it's it's time to go. Like there needs to be an urgency on what we're doing, what the team will look like. Um, and I guess that's not like translated uh, in the media talks that we hear, even the Mark Stein report, right? Of the the lineups and of course what is coach ham going to do right like obviously he's going to try to plan for the roster he currently has it's just stuff that we obviously as a families don't want to hear so that's my main thoughts i don't think she said much that was new that's not known it's just you don't that's not the stuff you want to hear while um you think a trade i guess is close to happening so i guess that was my thoughts on on all of that uh well well was kind of about to say it and i almost spoke up and just said for him uh how about we just like shut up <laughs> Just like, you know, just do the job and just be quiet, figure out the trade and just shut up. Like, I don't get like, like, what is like someone actually reached out to Mark Stein and, and was just like, hey, by the way, Westbrook and Beverly have been in contact. Like, who cares? I feel like, who cares? Like, are you guys actually like, like, is this some kind of leverage play? Like, I know they hate each other. And if you know, they play two games, if they play the first two games together this season and it doesn't go well. I know they're not going to be happy with each other. Pat Bev is going to say something to him like, Hey, can you play defense for five seconds? Russ is going to get pissed and all the shit's going to start hitting the fan immediately. Like, 
If this is like some kind of leverage play, like you guys don't have those anymore. It's done. Like everyone in the world knows where you're at with this whole entire situation. Just like be quiet. Like just do the job, get him traded. And yeah, like you said, Raj, it's go time. Like uh, what? I think the first preseason game is October 4th. Training camp will start mm-hmm. like a week before that. So that's like, say, September 27th. LeBron's mini camp, I'm assuming, will start two weeks before training camp, maybe one week. So that's max three weeks from now where the team is going to be like together in an unofficial setting. Maybe two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe one week from now. I don't know. But like it's go time. Like we've seen pictures. The team, like players are in the building. You know, training together, doing drills together, like it's team building time. Like the season starts now. Like it's go time. Figure figure out if this Jazz Knicks deal is happening. If you're gonna be involved, and honestly, if not, even if it's possible, like just get rid of those two first round picks. Like you have LeBron and Anthony Davis now. I don't care. I don't. Ca- well, okay, one thing about the Pat Bev trade, decent for future cap space next year because THC had that player option next season. But I don't care about future cap space. Like, we have LeBron and AD now. That's the only guarantee we've really got. Like, no stars are going to want to come to L.A. anytime soon if the season is going to be just as embarrassing as last season with Russ. Like, I would say one of the most beloved guys in the league by most players. Like, no stars are going to want to come if Russ is just getting booed by his home crowd each and every night starting right off the bat. Like, take back your dignity, build a respectable basketball team, hope LeBron and AD can stay healthy, play like top 10 players in the league like they do when they are healthy, and then by the time the the team plays 82 games together, maybe they can make a run. Um, But for the time being, just be quiet. Like, you're not doing anything with these interviews or, like, like, I feel like Jeannie always... Jeannie's very quiet when things are going well. And then, like, when things aren't going well, I feel like she feels the need that she has to, like, calm us down or something. And just doing the opposite. Like, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's clear her and, like, Sam Amick have, like, a good professional, you know, uh, relationship that's gone back a while. So, but, yeah, like, I agree with you. We don't need to hear these these things. Uh, They just, you know, they lack a sense of urgency that, you know, we're expecting to hear. And we're just not hearing that. And, obviously, she can't come out and be like, yeah, we're trading Russ, you know, tomorrow, or he's in, uh, he's in some side trade talks and all that stuff. But yeah, let's just wait till, uh, till the roster is set before we continue these uh, media tours. Um, but yeah, I think you said you said pretty much most of it. Yeah, and I mean, if we're not going to do the trade, if you guys actually mean all these Russ things you said, like Jeannie or Rob needs to come out sometime soon and say that. Just say like we are going to have Russ on this team this year deal with it because like we like i said like i said like it's go time we can't just be like you know going back and forth on this for two or three more weeks it just can't happen um all right rant over um i just want them them to be quiet and make a good basketball team is that too much to ask i'm on the clip talking um but yeah, that that Idris Elba gif I threw in there in the chat that that was me. That was me seeing the Genie Bus exclusive interview and the Mark Stein tweet. Just like, yeah, okay. Um, all right. Well, with that being said, what we really came here to do tonight uh, talk about the uh, two trade ideas 
where Russ would be leaving the team. Sadly, I'm going to break Roger's heart saying this again. The Nets Kyrie deal is not happening. Uh, so we are left with either the trade with the Pacers or a trade, three team trade with the Jazz and the Knicks. Both have been reported. The Jazz and Knicks one has been heavily reported today and last couple days. Mm-hmm. Um, not sure. I, I was mm-hmm. trying to figure out the most recent time the Pacers deal was mentioned, and I really could not find anything uh, super recent like in the last week, but we'll see. Um, I think it's the only two possibilities with getting r- rid of Russ uh, before the start of the season. So let's see. Well, I'll start with you. Um, let's see. How should we start with this? Set up the set up the two trades first. Like what are the okay. two set, offers? Set up, yeah. set up the transaction. So I'll start with the more simple one, the Pacers one. Assumedly, it would be straight up between the Lakers and Pacers. Would mm-hmm. be Russ and at least one of the 2027 or 2029 first round picks, if not both, for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner. Um, that's the most simple one. The other one would be three team trade with the Jazz and Knicks. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell is the centerpiece of this going to the Knicks. Um, in terms of what the Jazz would be receiving, don't really know right now what they'd be receiving from the Knicks other than at least a couple draft hit first rounders if not like three or four from directly from the Knicks plus uh seems like Obi Toppin Quentin Grimes some sort of combination like that um anyone then, not named RJ Barrett or Jalen Brunson like anyone anyone not named uh, it's, it seems that way yeah basically anyone other than those two um and then the Lakers would be roped into it one to get rid of Russ he'd be dealt to the Jazz and I don't probably bought out um, the Lakers either one or two of those first round picks would be leaving as well. And the Lakers would be receiving. Now this is without me, uh, including Kendrick Nunn. I'm just going to keep him out of it. Uh, the Lakers would be receiving something like uh, it would be for sure. Bojan Bogdanovic from the jazz. Mm-hmm. And then it would probably be Evan Fournier from the Knicks. And, Probably Cam Reddish as well. Am I forgetting anyone that's possible? I, th- I don't I think. I think that's it. I've seen like Jordan Clarkson thrown in some of these deals, um, but I, I think that's the main uh, machinations that I've seen. Boyan yeah, and, uh, and uh, Cam Reddish coming in. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't tinkered around with the trade machine to see how Jordan Clarkson could get in. I'm assuming Kendrick Nunn would have to leave in that. I don't really know, but yeah, like you said, it. would the two main pieces would be Bogdanovich and Fournier um, coming to the Lakers. So I, we don't have to, I mean, well, we can talk about the two first rounders and like, you know, nitpick that, but well, I'll start with you. What's like your first thoughts when looking at those two trades? Like which one do you prefer? Um, and just in general, how do you feel about both those trades? Uh, I mean, you can't go wrong with either trade just because you're able to – if you look at the Utah Jazz trade and with, you know, Bojan bringing him over and whatnot, you bring over and expire so you don't get into a situation where you cut into – if that's their belief that, you know, cap space is going to be a player next year. Um, but that helps that situation. Um, and, you know, you get a couple depth pieces on the side. And then when you look at the Indiana trade, you know, that's – 
the trade I favor, obviously because of the like future ramifications as far as being able to get somebody like Miles Turner and starting to think about like life after LeBron and building around AD. Because at some point, um, when LeBron it's all set up for LeBron, you are gonna have to prove to Anthony Davis um that you know you want him to stay longer. At least I would assume so, because they invested so much into him. I would assume they want him to also be somebody to want to retire as a Laker, stay there for like a few more years beyond the contract that he signed through. So I think getting somebody like Miles Turner on a satisfied AD level will probably make him giddy to have like a center that good defensively compliment him, keep him from, you know, all of that banging and all these things we always hear that he really doesn't want to do. And we can't blame him for that. You know what I'm saying? And that's a whole other conversation for another space, but, uh, getting Miles Turner will be a big step in that direction to satisfying him, making the team like a legit threat. I don't care what nobody say, and, and I don't want to have like this, well, if they stay healthy conversation, because I just want to assume they'll be healthy. But if you put AD with LeBron and LeBron on AD with Miles Turner and then LeBron on the front line, that's like hellacious. That's a crazy defensive team as far as like a new coach coming in wanting to implement the system that I think Darvin Ham want to implement. Uh, and then you get Buddy Hill, somebody who arguably outside of like Stephen Clay by the numbers, and this might have changed, but I think at one point outside of Stephen Clay, he was like the best three-point shooter in the league. Um, just I from think, volume. I think, I think he was before coming to the Pacers. Okay, mm-hmm. I thought so. I thought I wasn't crazy and just trying to hype him up, but like people, I know a lot of people being like, well, because we, we got star eyes and we try to get Kyrie and thinking about the possibility of players you can bring to L.A., but when you're talking about like role players, elite role players that check a box, we had like a knockdown shooter like that. I give Danny Green his respect since Danny Green, but I'm talking about somebody you can pretty much run him off a screen, run ashes for. If he gets the shot, if down there automatic. Um, if you just run them out the action because people in the league respect Buddy Hill. I don't care what people say on social media, but everybody knows Buddy Hill is a certified knockdown shooter. And he he not like not just a shooter either, because he you know, he's not like terrible in terms of like dribble drive. I mean, you don't want him like ISO and trying to, you know, get his offense like somebody like a Malik Monk, but he, you know, you run him out the three point line. He can competently actually find his way to the basket. So um, you got that element to his game, too. But I think that would just open up so much other stuff for LeBron, AD, even Miles Turner, who can comfortably, by percentage, I won't say he's a knockdown shooter, but comfortably as a big compared to most bigs, he can spread the floor for um, for the team. But you add Buddy Hill to that mix, and it just gives you so many other possibilities as far as what you can do with the roster, how that'll help other players out who aren't shooters, who aren't, like, guys who can get their own offense and whatnot. So that's my case for the Pacers trade. The Jazz trade, not bad either. You also got the element of the tax implications from the Jazz trade. So that's clearly a fact in what our front office consider and what they do and don't want to do. So you got that working against that. So, shout out, um, shout out, Jeannie. Mm-hmm. So I'm all for moving the picks, moving the picks and, and making it happen. Uh, I didn't know if we want to – we kind of want to get into why we should move the picks or we want to save that for later. Um, We could probably wrap with that. Uh, okay. Cool, cool, cool. 
But Raj, I'll go to you. Uh, same question for Walt. Kind of how do you feel about both of these trades? Yeah, I mean, you guys know my kind of opinion on this, but I mean, I would just go ahead and do the Indiana deal. I think, you know, Donnie, you were saying um, you haven't seen it really reported. I think Jovan uh, said, I think last week or something, that uh, if the Lakers offered both picks, that trade would be kind of done right, by now. Right, 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 right. Um, good point, good point. And I would, I would just go ahead and do that. Walt said a lot of the reasoning, but I also think like you get two players who do have two elite skills, right? They're not perfect players. They're not, you know, players you can really build around. But Bud's an elite shooter. He was a thirty-nine percent on catch and shoots, um, and he's also like an Iron Man. He played eighty-two games last year, seventy something the year before, seventy something the year before. Doesn't really miss games like that. Um, you pair that with, you know, you know, if you can get Turner as well. I just think that's something that has a chance, right? Like this team right now, it has really no chance at contending. I don't think you can build any kind of uh, successful kind of team through that. And I think the first round picks are what they are. Honestly, I think they've lost value this offseason as well. Um, you see Utah obviously getting five first for Gobert. It just devalues what a first round pick is. I just don't think you're going to find much. Even with the Utah deal, I just like, I think Boyan's 33. You pair that with 34-year-old Patrick Beverly. Like, I worry about that. I worry about, you know, I feel like like he's always kind of hurt in the playoffs um, with Utah. So, uh, yeah, I just think, like, that's not enough for me getting back Cam Reddish and Bojan for, you know, for our only trade piece, our only move that we can really make. I mean, there's marginal moves we can make at the deadline, but I just think that's not enough. I think Heald and Turner have elite skills um, at positions of need for us. Uh, 80 will play the floor. Turner's an elite shot blocker. He's not a great player all, like all around, but he's an elite shot blocker, and I think he is in the upper half of defenders. Uh, he can switch as well. Um, and then Buddy Hield's an elite shooter, and I think he's more than just a shooter. Honestly, I think that gets kind of labeled on him because of his volume of threes that he puts up. But he has ball handling skills. You can run him on pick and rolls off um, on DHOs. Like he's good with the ball in his hands as well. He takes an enormous amount of like tough threes. Um, tough shots that obviously would go down playing next to LeBron. Um, and uh, he takes a lot of shots where the defenders are like zero to two feet. Like they're super close on him. He'll play like his first seven years in Sacramento. And I think like that's a guy that, you know, you judge uh, players a lot of times on their environment. And uh, he hasn't really been in a winning environment, honestly. I don't think Sacramento has been a winning environment for like 20 years. And obviously Indiana uh, traded away Sabonis in that deal. They got Halliburton back. Um, but they're also in a losing environment. And Miles Turner's been on the trade um, trade block for like three years. So I think both of those guys in new environments with vets that would push them uh, would be great. And, I, you know, I, I get trying to save one first-round pick. I just don't think those have the type of value that we'd get anything back for, really. Um, you kind of look like a Patrick Beverly at the deadline or something. But I just don't think that's the way we should be looking at it. I think, you know, your team is pretty much what it would be, and you add minimal pieces in the buyout market. But those two, I think can, you can build a legit team around that. Um, and have, you know, a scary front line with Patrick Beverly and whoever else you can get pressuring ball handlers. I think that's that's a legit team. I don't think that's contender status on paper. Um, I don't think there's any trade out there that would get you contender status on paper, and I don't think that's the way to look at it. And I hate the word cap space, honestly. Um, I've heard that way too much, and I just – that means something really cap, wrong. Cap space is one of the greatest of all time. Well, for just for this season, that means a lot. That means a lot of stuff went wrong, right? Like if if next year you want every penny of your cap space and you want to release every single player that you you have a cap hold on, something went wrong, right? If you don't want to keep anyone from yep. this season and you just want LeBron and AD on the book, something went pretty terribly wrong. Um, and then you're going into LeBron's year thirty or year thirty nine or year forty season. Like I think that's just 
we're built to win now, at least to try to, and then hopefully to rebuild around AD. Like that should be the vision that we're going by. And, uh, and I think, you know, the loss is going to be two first. That's what it is. The leverage plays are just, you have no leverage when people know what you can give, right? Like that's, you're, you're, you have to give these two first in any kind of deal. So I'd go with the Indiana deal. Honestly, I don't think it's particularly close to me. I just don't think the return of Cameron and Boyan is, is enough of depth or, or whatever you would call it, um, in a deal bag. So uh, I think that was a long winded way of saying, uh, let's get this done tomorrow. Like I, I'm not sure what we're <laughs> waiting for. Um, so I can go and, uh, watch film on, on these guys in a real way. But, but yeah. You, are you scarred from watching so many Kyrie clips? Like you just don't want to hurt yourself again? Oh man, I'd throw that Kyrie folder in the trash bin. <laughs> no! I, I was like, my boy crunching. He crunching numbers, man. He, he locked in. <laughs> he had the mid-range numbers. <laughs> I said, oh yeah, man. My boy Raj. Raj is tweeting like daily clips for like a week or so. I know. I mean, Chris, awesome Haynes and, Chris Haynes and all of them made me feel like it was – close which i think just tells you kind of how the reporting is but uh man people are talking about we have cast space for Kyrie. i mean we don't put Kyrie's deal in week to week man planning wow. for planning for an off season of his decision making like that just uh doesn't make sense to me so i, I just hate the word cast space. i hate uh the t- you know the patrick beverly deal gives them an extra third like it's that's so far away and there's so much that has to happen between them that like planning for free agents during that time just doesn't really make sense when you're on a two-year LeBron extension window, really, to, to get this done. And then you look at LeBron's age, and I was telling you earlier, Danny, about, like, that's not – that doesn't sound like a team that's capable of winning a championship. If you're thinking, like, all right, well, next year we'll be able to sign a third star. Well, what about trying to get into the play-in? What about trying to get into the playoff this year? You know what I'm saying? Like, teams like Golden State can – about that yeah but golden state golden state also together yeah but golden state also like you look at like how they like obviously they had a bad year the year before right they got into the plane and they lost the the playing game uh to us actually but uh i believe that's the right am i on the right timeline i believe so um (laughs) but like they found it like this is on a a grander scale obviously jordan pool was still a lottery pick but they found a jordan pool right they found a juan toscano Mm -hmm. anderson they they found players are like okay this guy can play this guy can contribute, you know, during a long season, which is why I was sad mm-hmm. about Stanley. It's not about Stanley Johnson is like, you know, a unreplaceable player. It's that like we went through this terrible season. You got him. Yeah, with current team. You got him a bunch of reps next to two guys who are on the team in LeBron and AD. You found something. He also has accepted a role, right? And so like to just lose that for like it just it kind of goes on the process to me and maybe Utah just coveted Stanley enough to where you couldn't get this deal done without trading him it's just like you found stuff like okay Stanley when he catches it on the three-point line he has a floater that he can go to like that's stuff that I know like okay we built that through it's like we saw Stanley Johnson defend James Harden on Christmas and we're like all right that's something interesting that can like can take you through a season um and now we start all over really we have Austin Reeves from last season and is that it am I like Austin Reeves, LeBron, and AD uh, from from last season, going on to this one. Yeah. So, like, don't forget, don't forget Wenyan Gabriel, Wenyan Gabriel, who I don't think will be on the team, but uh, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> and also uh, Kendrick Nunn, who didn't play a single. Like, so like you really got the only thing you got from last season was Austin Reeves, which is great. But like to go through a hellish season like that and just get absolutely no like like player development or understanding of who can play, who can't play next to your stars. I think that's you know I think that's a that's a tough thing to kind of accept. 
Um, even THT was terrible. Like he had a lot of reps last season where we used to try to put him in different situations and we obviously gave up on that. But uh, I just think like, you know, those are tough process things when you see teams like the Warriors, you don't think about like Jordan Poole got a million pick and roll, you know, uh, a bunch of pick and roll possessions where like, they're like, oh, he can do this on a good team. And the next year they start like 21 and three or something and like they can build off that. So I would just like to build off something like the cap space things means you're just going into every other season playing, you know, roulette with minimum players. Like, you're getting nothing from each season, and eventually that bites you. That already bit us the last few years. I don't know how much it'll bite us going forward, but uh, that's why I hate, I hate the cap space now. That's why they exactly. Look how many deals, because they've taken that mindset, I feel like I look at it like a market. Look how many, look how much they've taken themselves out of the market because they won't commit to signing deals. Like, for example, the Miami Heat get a lot of shit for signing Duncan Robinson to the deal they signed him to and then looking at what he can't mm-hmm. do in the playoffs. Right. That deal is for the sole purpose of whenever the next star wants to put Miami on their list, they will have the money to be able to at least be in play to try to, you know, try yep, to exactly. meet them halfway on that. So you can't always be like, well, cap space, cap space. No. Eventually you have to sign somebody to a three-year deal for whatever amount of money so that way you can be a player in like the, you could look at it hasn't been a lot of stars who's been available, but look how many useful players that the Lakers. If we don't have to rehash the whole thing because I don't want to get into that conversation, even though I'm mm-hmm. into the conversation. But look how many guys they missed out on by simply just not having the assets. I won't even call it assets. Simply not having the resources to get into the conversation, and we see like when a player wants to be in a specific place, as long as the deal is decent. You know, it ain't so much as, oh, this team don't want to help the Lakers. Like, I don't even think that's the case so much. Now, they are basketball broke. They're fin- they are financially strapped. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't have the necessary tools and all the resources to, like, mm-hmm. get these things done that they should easily be able to get done if they did normal things. I think they go to your point, Raj, about them losing Stan Johnson. They – always find themselves in a situation where they find, like, either a halfway gym or somebody who, you know, even if you want to call them a friends player, you don't know if they're going to be in a rotation next year or so on and so forth. They keep losing these dudes, like, for – I mean, this trade right here was good, but they they traditionally have just, like, kind of – they they wouldn't they wouldn't they wouldn't have they wouldn't have had to make that trade if they signed Caruso like they could have yeah. just kept THD and Stanley Johnson mm-hmm. and that's that and it's a chance uh, that they're gonna run into some stuff with Austin Reed just because of the way they structured his deal yeah like, it's it's weird and that's that's what I mean though like we they do yeah. the hard they do the hard work you know what I mean like it's ex- <laughs> like it's expensive to like not expend like terms just in my terms but like in just resources of your franchise right like. Put, even Alex Caruso, it's it's sad we lost him, but like even just put his like this not just story, but like how it came up, right? You develop in the G League, he gets ball handling, you know, reps in a season where we're not good, right? And then we're like, okay, let's bring this guy to camp, and then like he builds himself up into like being a guy who starts, you know, in the finals, and then you and then Chicago just reaps all the benefits of that, right? And the same thing, I'm not sure if this will happen with Stanley Johnson, but some of the things, right? Utah just sees the development, maybe they asked for him, maybe they didn't, we're not in the room. Next year, maybe he becomes a rotation player or whatever. But, like, they did the hard work. They found him in the G League, put him in a role that makes sense for him that he hasn't found in his former teams, right? He was on Toronto. He was he was on Detroit. 
mislabeled, I'm sure, as a player. Um, I don't think he was the player he came out of to be in college. But, you know, you do the hard work, develop the guy, put him in a bunch of situations, give him a ton of minutes, right? Stanley Donovan played a ton of minutes last season uh, out of necessity, of course. But still, like, those are minutes that you gave to developing a player that you thought would be in your system. They gave him an extra year, right? So it's not about Stanley Donovan. It's just like using your franchise. Yeah, your process. Yeah, your like, process. Yeah. Yeah. So like it, you have to win on the margins if you're not going to play at the uh level that the Warriors and Clippers are who are spending at a level that's at a like at a different league than we are, you know what I mean? That's just the facts of it and you can feel how you weigh about it, but that's just the facts of like how they're how they're going about business is different, right? The Clippers have like eight players that make over 10 million dollars a year. Like that's 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 unheard of, right? That, that they're going to have a huge ass tax bill and credit to Balmer for doing that. But they also hit the margins, right? They hit a guy like Amir Coffey. They hit guys like that. So like that's stuff that I would like us to do. And Austin Reeves is part of that. Um, but I, it's just rough to me to think like all we got from last season was Austin Reeves and a new coaching staff. Like, I mean, I would, which is great, but you know, I would love to like get a few more players that fit, I guess that you can kind of throw in that have some continuity and not have to restart every year. But uh, here we go again. Well, yeah, or like punting on this year and like basically having Raj say the same exact things he's saying now in a spaces next summer. That's ridiculous. Going into like going into like I think next season could technically be the last LeBron and AD season. Or yeah, they both have player options after next season, right? Okay, okay, yeah. So like. And that's another reason why, I mean, I, I mean, I'll, I think I agree with you guys. I prefer the Pacers deal over the other deal. Um, I do, like Raj, I think you said, like, the Pacers deal is leagues ahead of the Jazz Knicks deal. I don't know if I'd go, uh, I do like it a lot more than the Jazz Knicks deal. Oh, but I do, did, you, did you say Evan Fournier as well in the Knicks and Jazz? I forgot. Yes, yes. Okay, that's a negative contract, right? Like, I was like, I was gonna bring that up too. He's got a bad contract. Um, he's also like as as Zach Lowe says, one of the worst playoff performers ever, and he also like just does not shoot well in the playoffs. Um, and he's a negative defender. I don't think he's an elite shooter like Buddy Heald is. Like I just I don't know. I think like the Indiana deal is pretty clearly um, even with the first round picks being what it is. I just don't see like the deals we can make after that very much because the money we have to move is pretty much you know the players we got in those deals. So. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, there's um, Fournier would be signed to 18.8 million for the 2023-24 season, and then there's a team option on his 2024 through 25 season. But that's still like a cap hold that year, right? I guess, I guess not if they renounce it. But right, um, if you include that team option, that's one year longer than uh, the buddy than Buddy Heald's deal. And then Miles Turner is a free agent this summer, like up mm-hmm. the next summer, right? But, right. but, and I think this applies to Bogdanovich. I could be wrong. He's three years older than Heald. Uh, the Lakers would have the bird rights on Heald and Turner. Yep. Um, so they wouldn't have to worry about Heald until um, not even next summer, two, two summers from now. They'll have to worry about Turner next year, but. If it all works out, like I was telling Walt earlier, like, and this kind of goes back to my rant earlier about like, you guys can't have another embarrassing season like this. Like, say, you know, the team's successful, but eh, they're like a five seed and, you know, 
maybe they just win the first round series and then they lose in the next next series. Okay. Well, that's playoff experience still and a playoff series win for Austin Reeves, for um, just everyone around surrounding LeBron and AD. Like, they get to play in the playoff series with LeBron and AD. And then, you know, re-up Miles Turner, especially if he has a really good season next to AD. You got Buddy Heald under contract already. Like, we wouldn't have to have Raj, you know, pulling his hair out on his spaces. We have zero continuity. We could have some going into next season, you know, have one little last run at it with AD and LeBron if it doesn't work out uh, this year. And then if it does, then maybe LeBron and AD, you know, sign, you know, opt out or some shit like that and do like a one-on-one. Then we keep this thing running. Um, like, like they just like, they need to get this third star nonsense out of their head. They need to quit leaving the door open for that, and they need to commit to actually building a damn basketball team. Um, and I don't care. I don't care if that's LeBron making Rob do that. I don't, I don't want to hear that. I don't care if it's Rob doing it and LeBron's like, hey, let's do it. Like, I don't care. They they all need to get that out of their head, and they need to start building a team at some point. Like, like oh, man. But, yeah, I prefer the Pacers trade. I don't think – I think they would, like – I think the Lakers would be a much better basketball team without Russ and with the Jazz Knicks trade than with Russ, without a doubt. Um, Bogdanovich is definitely like not too far behind Heald in terms of being a lights-up three-point shooter. Um, him and Heald both suck on defense. Mm-hmm. But Raj, like you said, like you know, with Heald, with Bogdanovich, with Turner, you're getting an elite skill with any of them, with all of them. And like, what players do we have last season that really had like elite skills? Like, I guess Monk right. as a scorer, um, Carmelo's three point shooting, but even that kind of trailed off towards the end of the season. Uh, other than that, like, you know, LeBron and AD missed all that time. Um, you know, like, I, like Buddy Heald's a, a shooter, like, but like, I think Buddy Heald, like, here, I'll ask you guys about this. I think Buddy Heald might be like who's the best shooter that LeBron's had in recent memory. I feel like Buddy Heald's, you know, leaping He's over. There. There. He's yeah. definitely be the best shooter alongside LeBron in a Lakers uniform. I'd say right. definitively. Um, and then what with the Cavs? I guess like you know you talk about Kevin Love, Kyle um, Corver, yeah, Kyle Corver, and like J.R. Smith, like when he was really shooting it. But Buddy Heald, like has opportunity to do so. And then I think about what he was asked to do on the Pacers last season. He was taking some pretty hard contested three-point shots yeah. for the Pacers last season. Um, if you look like his shot quality compared to like Bogdanovich's shot quality, uh, Bogdanovich was shooting much easier three-point three point shots. Um, I think Buddy Heal's percentage has kind of dropped like this year, or this past season and like year past, but it kind of seems to be from that quality kind of standpoint and, he would definitely be getting quality shots um, on this team. And, man, I would just love to see what the uh, defense at the rim would look like on a team with LeBron or with uh, Miles Turner and Anthony Davis. Yeah. And like Wall was saying, that front court of Turner, AD, and LeBron out there on the court all at the same time, those are some big fucking dudes. Those are some big dudes. Like, that was a like an intimidating front court kind of very similar to the championship season, but like, but instead of, you know, JaVale and Dwight having their deficiencies on the offensive end, you got miles Turner who can shoot it, um, you know, do pick and run 
Ron or Kendrick Nunn or whatever. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, I'm with you, Raj. Trade the two first-round picks tomorrow for Buddy and Miles Turner. Do, do, it, do it right now and during the spaces. Actually, that'd be awesome. That'd be great for the spaces. Uh, but and, I, and I'd be willing to wait for the Knicks and Jazz trade to materialize. Um, and the Lakers get in on that, but I really hope I don't, I, I like I said, I I'll take anything that gets Russ off the team and gets assets coming back to the Lakers. Yeah. Um, but I really hope the Lakers are just not like, they're not just like more in on this jazz next trade than the Pacers trade. If it's going to cost the same amount of first round picks. Right. And you, you said like to, you know, they have two elite skills. It's not just that, like they're elite skills that are, you know, accelerated playing next to better players. And I like, Buddy Hill's going to get, you know, the best looks that he's gotten in his career. And I think Miles Turner is the type of big that I think, like, AD's been wanting. Like, he's been wanting a stretch five um, that can also kind of do the – like, when AD says he want to play center on uh, defense, right? So you can have Miles Turner kind of, you know, bang inside. And I don't think he has a great rebounding percentage. But, like, he can be big inside and also space on the other end. So I think – and then he's an elite shot blocker. I think he averaged, like, three blocks a game. Uh, last season so both of those guys I think you know are elite players that usually aren't available for like a bad contract and they're available for a reason for sure Um, I just think like that's your best path to contention and I understand you know we talked about the Mark Stain report earlier Darvin Ham is envisioning lineups with Russ and Beverly I'm sure he is Um, Darvin Ham has to work with the roster that he has uh, in hand Um, but like, I, like, we're getting way too close here. And, look, we, I don't think we can wait for the Donovan Mitchell trade saga. Danny Ainge has nothing to lose, really. Like, he can wait till the last domino. Um, I think he's waiting for a Gobert-type package to ascend from New York. We'll see if that comes up. Um, but, yeah, like, I I would like this to get going. LeBron's minicamp's going to start in, like, three and a half weeks or something. Uh, I think it's awkward if Russ is still on the team during that time. So, um, well, I just want the team to be finalized, man. I Like, I think it's the longest summer ever. And let's just get – we have a chance to get two helpful pieces. I think it helps our depth kind of move into the team. moves Lonnie Walker, Kendrick Nunn, guys down uh, a step in the rotation where I think they should be. Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson as well moves him down to like a 10th man. Like I just think it moves players in the right positions, um, and then you can kind of work from there. But, yeah, man, I think, you know, I would like this to get done, man. It's, it's been way too long. There, there's just no way in hell that Darvin Ham would rather uh, coach Russell Westbrook than Miles Turner. There's just just zero chance in hell. There's probably no chance he wants to coach Westbrook over Pat Bev. Like, no way. Like, like I said, Lakers organization, just just be quiet. Get just do your job. Just do your job. Your job is not propaganda machine. Your job is to make a good basketball team. Okay, do that. Focus on that because you're not good at it. Um. One thing I wanted to comment, you said like Heald's three-point shooting, Turner's defense, those are two skills that are just going to excel next to like LeBron and AD, um, like especially when they just have to focus on those things and don't have to worry about doing all the other stuff that they've probably done right. with the Pacers or the Kings. Uh, in addition to that, those are two elite skills that, sure, it'd be nice if the Lakers could get those skills from multiple players that they had this year. But those yep. are two skills that the team desperately needs. Um, Three-point shooting for sure and defense. Um, even if it's kind of, you know, at the rim type defense that we already have in AD, um, you know, doesn't hurt to have 
another one, uh, another person who's underneath AD in terms of that type of skill. Um, it's it's a stacking strengths on strength, right? Like it's kind of what you want right. to do in that situation when you don't have the requisite, you know, depth or talent. You kind of want to have uh, stack strength on strength, and I think I think Turner would be incredible next to AD, at least as a defender. Um, he doesn't have a huge offensive package, but man, I, I just like I think it's time to <laughs> I think it's time to make a decision here. And I do really like our other guys. Like I really just want I just want Russ gone. And I think Wall was kind of earlier, like, and this has been said, like, ad nauseum, but none of this matters if LeBron and AD aren't healthy. Like, even 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 if we got Kyrie, it wouldn't have mattered in terms of competing for a title if LeBron and AD were not healthy for most of the season and at least heading into the playoffs. It wouldn't matter. Um, but I do, like, I do like our bottom half of the roster middle of the roster um how they would look with like buddy healed and miles turner in the mix um right whether it's you know jta or troy brown jr like if we get healed you know healed lebron ad even pat bev kendrick nunn that's a decent amount of offense that can be taken over with those guys that i just mentioned um and Miles Turner. I, I don't even think I mentioned Miles Turner. Like, they can handle the offense by themselves, essentially, each and every night. And that leaves everything, everyone else, the Troy Brown Juniors, uh, even Austin Reeves, the JTAs, they can focus on hustle plays um, and, you know, just doing their job on defense where, you know, everything just kind of slots accordingly. And, you know, you get a whole, whole, whole ass basketball team that makes sense, you know, a crazy concept. Um, Walt, did you have any further thoughts? I feel like we could talk about just like kind of predictions on what we think like the Lakers could finish with these, um, with these deals. But while you got any further thoughts on like jazz, Knicks, Pacers, whatever. I pretty much said my piece, man. I just wanted to move urgently and just, you know, do Darvin Ham right. Do something that makes sense. Yeah, man, I, I've I've done my waiting. You know, I, I went to my little hole, tried to kind of not pay attention to the Lakers, kind of think about old Lakers days and, you know, maybe catch some movies this summer, you know, just kind of put the Lakers in the back of my mind, you know, let the let the Nets stupid stuff shake out. But it's it's go time now. Like, you know, we got like I said, the Lakers account is hosting a bunch of the guys in the building working out together, training together like. It's team building time. Like the season starts in September. Um, so, yeah, let's see. So, let's just say the Lakers do the Knicks and Jazz trade Bogdanovich, Fournier, and um, maybe Cam Reddish. Do, what, what do you guys think is like the ceiling and the basement for like where the Lakers could finish in terms of seating and like uh, playoff finish? Raj, I'll. Uh, I'll dish it to you for that. We're saying if they did the uh, the Knicks deal, the yeah. Knicks Jazz one. Yeah, I'll start with that. Yeah, I mean, I think they could like if LeBron and AD stay healthy. Um, that's an, that's another aspect. We're just assuming yeah. we're assuming LeBron and AD play sixty five games at least, and yeah. they're healthy going into the playoffs. I think that's like a five 
seed fighting for, like if they can. I think they can get out of the plane. Um, if LeBron AD still stay healthy, all of the like minimum guys hit like baseline full of you know, production that we're expecting. Um, I think they can hit that. I just think it's it's tougher than the other deal. But uh, again, I'm not high on Fournier, I guess, <laughs> and 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 it's pretty much Boyan just coming in, who is six seven. Like he's a good wing to like add to a roster that doesn't have much talent. Um, but I think that's like a top half. Uh, or not top half, like a 5-6 C, try to get out of the play-in type of team um, with the current construction. What do you guys think? Um, I For the Jazz and Knicks trade, I would probably, you said 5, five seed, I'll probably go like 6 seed as a ceiling. Yeah. Um, probably like top of the play-in. Uh, what's the play-in? 7 through, Jesus, 7 through 10 seeds is the play-in mm. tournament. Yeah, yeah, probably like eight seed as like the bottom of where that'd be. Um, yeah, just yeah, I'm not high on Fournier. Um, Bogdanovich, like you said, he's old. Um, Cam Reddish, I think Cam Reddish is an absolute scholar. Um, <laughs> I, I like he's a polarizing he, player online. Like he's a, he, you know, he creates reaction from both sides. It's interesting. He he's also a clutch guy, which I feel like we should mention if in case uh, anyone right. doesn't know. Um, yeah, I'd say like six seed. Um, I think they see. Then that when you when we're getting a six seed, they're playing the three seed, who's going to be like what? Clippers, Warriors. Um, give me some other top dogs Suns, in the West. Suns. Yeah. Like. That's not even Grizzlies. Like, it's not gonna be a fun series. Um, not that any series yeah, is gonna be fun no, in the first there's, round. <laughs> there's, there's no, no fun series. Th- in the there's West, not gonna yeah. be any easy outs. So that's for sure. But yeah, that's where that's where I'd go with that. Uh, what about you, Walt? I got them at a four or five range. I think. So we got the Warriors, top dogs, Suns, Clippers. Then, you know, I will get the Clippers that do, just because of how they built. I mean, but at the same time, also a little uh, – it's a whole other conversation. I'm kind of – just the same way you kind of preach the injuries and all that good stuff about them. Like, I think when you incorporate, like, stars back into your mix, a lot of times, like, that can be a little bit of a, you know, 180 from, you know, what you already may have built with the role players and building them up because you in, get – In terms of the Clippers? Guy, yeah, yeah, they'll take. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. So, I ain't too much. I'm not. I, I'm high on them, but I'm also not gonna be like, yeah, they should be storming through the West because you, you just never know. But uh, I would have the Lakers after them. Just I, like I said, I, I still think like as long as AD and LeBron bring it every night and Pat Bell. I mean, with either trade, that's why I kind of see them at and. I just have to see it not work to be moved out that stand. But I, I think that I keep hearing some good things about Darvin Ham as far as, like, from people I, I value as far as their basketball opinion. So I think, mm-hmm. like, it's kind of underrated as far as what what people probably expect him to do for the team. Like, I think he's he going to some good things for the team. Um, that'll kind of help them out, too, from a win-loss standpoint. I actually think like Kendrick Nunn can be super helpful, man. Kendrick Nunn can play, yes. man. I know it's been a while. Yes, that he hasn't played and people has been a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Raj, <laughs> but man, he can ball, man. You know he can ball. Um, he, me, he really can play, man. 
me and Wall are the co-presidents of the Kendrick Nunn is going to be back fan club. I really think he would have been starting last year. I, I really do think Frank Vogel really wanted to start him. You know, I think he could be starting this year. Rest, so. Yeah, he he he's super legit, man. I hate to sound like I'm hyping him up, but when you talk about like what what they don't have and with Monk being gone and like he he can even in preseason, I know some people kind of had an opinion about what he did, but I can kind of see like I was like, dude, kind of got some shake to him, man. So. Like that's that'll be a big plus for them on offense. If you wanna, if they keep them and they wanna change the pace from Russ or Pat Beverly, like that's he like the perfect guard for that. So. Yeah, I was I was kind of diving into like Lonnie Walker because I think he's gonna actually be on the team, and uh, I think it's interesting him and Kendrick Nunn kind of fighting for that uh, scoring guard position, right? And I think you can kind of stagger them here and there, but um, I think it's interesting. I think Lonnie Walker is a super interesting kind of prospect to uh to kind of take a look at too super athletic coming off screen and rolls and uh yeah i'm interested in that kind of camp battle i guess because i think it's tough to play both of them at the same time uh lonnie walker's and been an awful defense his last uh years and kendrick nunn is kind of undersized so uh but hopefully they contribute and they're we've needed a guard who can pull up like so much like any kind of screen action we don't have a guard that can come and score off uh ball screens and both of them hypothetically can uh, if they play so but honestly i kind of glad you pulled up or brought up lonnie because i don't know why i just called him lonnie just calling him lonnie is kind of weird um lonnie walker uh i feel like walker and nunn are kind of like they could be like the biggest swing guys for the lakers like in terms of if lonnie you know under Mm -hmm. darvin ham can actually leverage his athleticism and pretty good length uh, to actually be a just an average defender. Um, and if none can kind of go back to his rookie season in terms of offensive production, um, and he doesn't really have the worst defensive metrics either. Mm-hmm. Um, those are two guys that can really raise the Lakers' floor at the very least. Um, just kind of thought about that i don't know I, i'll be honest I, and you two know i've been very pessimistic about the lonnie walker signing uh yeah. but you know people some people people uh some people change and you know if he if his three-point shot uh improves and his defense improves like he could just be a guy coming out of nowhere that we weren't really factoring into like you know these types of ceilings and floors types of conversations that could really um Swing things for the Lakers. So let's just go, Raj. I'll let you go into what you think. Uh, the same kind of thing, ceiling in terms of uh, seeding and playoff result for uh, if they did the Pacers trade. Yeah, you know, I think with that deal, we'll still see. But I think that, like, again, none of these deals put you like in contender status. Contender status on paper, right? None of these deals are gonna jump off the page. But I think at least that gives you a chance. LeBron and AD are themselves. Heald and Turner bring kind of their skill sets to the team. I think he puts other guys in the right places. I think you can fight for a top four seed if, again, LeBron and AD play the requisite amount of games. Um, I just think those skills are, you know, those are important for what the team needs. Um, and again, like a guy like Lonnie Walker, you want him playing next to huge, you know, centers behind him, right? You want him to, you don't want, he's going to get beat at the point of attack a ton, but like you want him playing next to big guys who can kind of recover and help on him and be able to use his athleticism uh, on both ends. So, 
yeah, like, I think we have a team full of, like, guards still, even with the trade of THT. You brought back another guard in Beverly. You have guard in Lonnie Walker, um, guard in Kendrick Nunn. Like, I'd like to bring another big center. I know we have Thomas Bryant and Damian Jones, which I think are good, fine rotation pieces. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I just think, like, with the Indiana deal, kind of put your um, – I think floor is ceiling a little bit higher than either of those deals, too, just from on the basketball floor. I think they have more potential to me. Hey, Ray, could I, could I let off a hot take? Go ahead. I don't know if it's going to be hot. Mm, well, I could make it hot. All right, I'm going to make it hot. All right. The Phoenix Suns uh-huh. are going to be in the play-in. Ooh, that's interesting. Is Chris right. Paul missing like 40 games? Ooh. All right, that was that was an extremely hot version of the take. <laughs> My original one was going to be they won't be hosting uh, – they won't be having home court in their first round series, so five-seed or worse. But I don't know. Their their vibes are not good. Their vibes are not good whatsoever. They don't pass the vibe test. They don't pass the vibe test. Yeah, I know they got the same team coming back, and that same team what made the Western Conference semifinals last season. Um, yeah, I just, just like, like I don't I don't think you dropped though from sixty four wins to like forty five wins, right? Like that would be kind of or even like forty five wins. I think would be playing well i guess last year playing the seven seed minnesota won 46 games like, it's a huge draw that's an 18 game drop from season to hey, season I that just, was the that was the sizzling version of my take hey, my, it's like hot it's hot it can't be all right all right all right i'll i'll put some ice on it make it there'll be a five seat hey you got okay. is that still hot yeah you can't back off it man you gotta be controversial that, that that's what all right. it. That's what's right. going to get people in the They're going to be a seventh seed. I'm calling it. Seventh seed. They'll be playing the Lakers. No, I'm kidding. Well, maybe. Um, well, what about you? Uh, what would you think about the team if they did the Pacers deal? I think if they do that Pacer deal, then we're talking like top top two, three. Yes. Um, yes. Like opportunity to get there because of. I think, them, they're, I think they are <laughs> contenders with the Pacers deal. I think yeah. they're fringe contenders with the Jazz deal. Yeah, I won't. I won't be pushed off my stance. Um, um, I think <laughs> because it's simple. We haven't seen. It's been a while since we've seen like the the Lakers as a team, not just LeBron, the AD plan, but it's been a while since we've seen them whole as a team with like every part. And I just believe that with the right parts, which happen to be like a Buddy Hill and a Miles Turner. And then whatever they decide to do after that, because they still got a little bit more flexibility after that. Like with those parts, man, I just think like this a very Blake, good Blake team. Griffin. Like, oh brother, they do that, man. Y'all I take it back. I take it back. Hey, Sorry, if, I said so, it. If it means that they do that deal, I, I'll accept that. <laughs> I, I'm right with. I'm right there with you. Yeah, Blake I, Griffin. I Blake Griffin could be the fifteenth man. Hit up the stand up clubs after the games. If we get Buddy Hill and Miles, Miles Turner, that's fine. I'll also, take anything, man. I'll take the white coming back. I don't care. <laughs> they're two guys under 30 as well, right? Like, it'd be nice yeah. to have, oh, yeah. you know, two, guys two, who two. aren't, um, you know, mid, mid-30s or over the age of 30. Like, just nice to have two guys. Miles Turner's 26. Buddy Hill, I think, is 29. I think he had some age uh, question marks a couple years ago. But, like, he's listed at, uh, he's listed at 29, so I'm going to say he's 29. Um, but, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to just get two guys under – you know, under the age of 30 to bring just a little bit more 
uh, youth, but like youth with some experience in the league. So, um, yeah, I I would go with that deal. I know you guys think it's closer than it is. I, I feel like this one's pretty clear, and uh, it feels like we're just gonna take this down to the last second um, because that's just what teams are gonna do. Take this to the deadline, but yeah, man, let's uh, let's get this trade going, man. Um, I agree with Walt. I think they would be. I think they would have the potential to be the three seed. Um, wow. That's, uh, I was being conservative, I see. <laughs> well, I just, I mean, again, this Man, is with factoring in. Together, I was going to say, this is factoring good. LeBron and AD being healthy together. Like, sure. I just feel like, I feel like we're. Underplaying it. Yeah, underplaying it. We've been so it. far removed from it. Exactly. We, we really don't know, like, how. I always point to the peak of the team might just be like that Brooklyn Nets game where they went to Brooklyn. Um, With Andre, Andre Drummond kind of uh, went off on the Nets. Is that one? Is that that one? Or nah, this was the one where we had Russ when they played in Brooklyn. They had, this is uh, so. This is this is the game. This is the game where LeBron had two. LeBron had like two steals and breakaway dunks, and then this right after this game was when the uh, the knee thing started. Oh, okay. Because it was a really. I remember it was a. Pretty fun part of the season, and then literally the next game he was out with whatever they called the knee thing. But that's when mm-hmm. that's when it started. Yeah, but that's and like that, my pick as far as what. And that was just like they, you know, they like all the boxes we talk about need to be checked. Like everything was ticking in that game. Like as far as uh, this is how this team looked, even with Russell Westbrook. And I think that like imagine that with actual capable like elite in certain role players like i just think it'll work man well even just going back um like i think we can all agree that dennis Schroeder in that 2020 21 season he did right but he wasn't the best fitting guy alongside everyone um and then obvious and then i've think we all for sure would agree with andre drummond getting the is the bio guy at the end of the season was not really not really what the lakers were looking for but what i was gonna say is that team was 21 and 6 to begin that season and and they were 21 and 6 and ad was kind of playing like shit he was still like coming off that you know injury he kind of was injured towards the end of the bubble um they were 21 and 6 and they were getting like like 60 to 70 percent ad um granted we had a lot better defensive structure at that point but like i think the defensive structure with darvin ham miles turner patrick beverly um and then healthy lebron and ad i think that's enough to have a pretty respectable defense and if they and if lebron and ad are healthy and they have a respectable defense they they can beat anyone in the nba do you remember how many games they played that season, the 2020 to 2021, the one we started 21 to 6? I asked them. Um, do you know? Yeah. Yes. So what would you guess, I guess? So this is just to give the context, they started 21 and 6. This team ended number one in defense, um, and they finished, I think, seventh in the West because they played Phoenix in the first round. How long the regular season was? No, no, no. How many games LeBron and AD played together Oh, that season? together? Oh, like yes. – um... How many would you guess? 40. No. Walt, how many would you guess? Or Walt's gone, I guess. Um, 
They played 27 that season, actually. Oh, no, I said 27. I said oh, you did? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't you had the you. cheat okay. sheet out. <laughs> so, wait, did they play those that 21 and 6 play, and then that's it? That was pretty much it. I believe, I think they played, like, I think AD or, or did one of, missed, Or did one yeah. of them miss some time in they, that run? Yeah. I think they missed yeah. some time in that run, but that's yeah, kind of. I ankle against the Hawks. I never forget it because my wife was like, LeBron yeah. just fell on the ground. He ain't got up yet. I'm worried. With Solomon like, Solomon Hill falling into him. Yeah. Um, so you know it's been a while, I guess. Terrible since... when your wife who doesn't who like kind of pass through the, the room and see me watching basketball. Yeah. Like, LeBron won't get up. Like, yeah, that's what you know it's serious. Yeah. <laughs> um here here's another little trivia for you guys. I'm, I mean, I've been kind of laughing uh, while muted about this. Uh, what's Buddy Heald's first name? Here's a, here's a hint. It's not Buddy. Yeah. And I, 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 I got to check Wikipedia. All right. He was, born in the Baha- no. he was born in the Bahamas. His first name, according to basketball references, Shavano. Oh, I didn't know that. That's a strong name. Why are you banning that name, man? Shavano and I was Williams. and I, I was about to bring that up earlier when Wa- or, uh, Raj brought up his uh, that age thing, whatever that age thing was a few years ago, where he was like a year and a half older than what he actually was. <laughs> that was right. yeah, Shavano, Shavano Rayner healed. Don't know where Buddy came from. Oh, <laughs> oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah, tell it. No, you yeah. tell it. You tell it. You tell it. It says that he'll receive his, his nickname from his mother after Bud Bundy of the video, excuse me, of the sitcom Married with Children. So, now I know, that, I know, I know for a fact Raj doesn't know any of that. I think I've, I've heard of that show, Married with Children. Okay. I, think I've, right. I think I've heard of that one. Yeah. Okay. So, right. if the season go by that wayside and we all agree, we're just going to do like. A lot of spaces of watching, like, well, for you, you got to watch Other Realm. All right, all right. A few other movies to watch. And Rods will watch a few episodes of, uh, I guess, Mad with Children, whatever else you want to kind of Here's here's something that I've been meaning to watch recently, and I've been seeing you you tweet about it, Walt, that I know you'll be mad that I've never seen it. Uh, Any of the Blade movies? Yeah. Treat. <laughs> <A> treat. <laughs> yeah, <it's> a treat. <laughs> Never seen them. I'm. I've. It's been on my watch list for a bit, and I'm going to. Um, let's see. Oh, all right, all right. We'll do this. We'll get out of here. Um, <laughs> what's the ceiling if Russ stays and plays, and what's the ceiling if Russ stays and is just sent home, John Wall style? Wow. <laughs> I, I honestly, I honestly don't think the John Wall thing is uh, realistic. I just don't like. Uh, Darvin Ham has come out and said, "I think too exactly, much for exactly. where you can now." Not that it can't happen. It's just like I, I just think that's not a, that's not the starting point, right? He's gonna, he's gonna be put in situations that Ham believes is you know can get the best out of him talked about you know the four out one in system helping like i don't think the john wall thing is where this starts at now look if we start the season with him and he plays bad maybe that's you know there's a chance that happens but then all but then that's even worse right because now you send him home and now you're right. trading him at that point with the season already started you're in you know you have games coming up so i just don't think that's like a a realistic 
thing that can happen. Like I just oh, think I don't think, has said too much. I don't think. Well, I guess he is an expiring contract, but I don't think. I don't think the Lakers would find a partner for Russ at the deadline. I just don't like. I don't. Uh, I guess he you're would certainly, be you're like certainly not getting much, Yeah, you're certainly not getting much back either. Right? No, no, hell no. It's worse because I think a lot of teams are positioning themselves to tank like from the get go. Nobody yep. wants to risk like even trying to halfway start decent because Victor is like that. Victor Scoop, the Thompson Twins, like, Bro, like the, one of the best drafts. The Spurs, um, Thunder, and Jazz are going to be up his small. Mm-hmm. And they're like. Oh man, they're gonna be so bad. The, the Thunder are gonna pull out some bullshit this season, uh, more so than they have, dude. The Thunder were playing like six guys, forty-two minutes each towards the end of the last season, <laughs> and I couldn't name you. I couldn't name a single one uh, off the top hey, of my head right now, other than Isaiah Roby. The Spurs are also an underrated rush team too, because they got clearly got no interest in trying to be any kind of competitive. And uh, Jakob Pertl, Josh Richardson, and else kind of can throw in to make the salary work. You can do a lot worse. Than Doug, Doug McDermott. McDermott. You can do you can do a lot worse. Like that, that's a y'all can probably like super underrated man. Like as far as like a, a five a mobile five shot. Oh no, five. he's pretty good. Um, I think we were me and like Hani were talking about. Hani uh, definitely brought him up for mm-hmm. this past year's trade deadline. Um, but I digress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, the they would just suck. I, and I I do think Russ getting sent home is just like not. I know it was report. I think Yovan uh, Buha reported that like that's. I don't know. I can't remember his words, but it's essentially that that's in the cards. Like Russ has played his last days, whether it's from trade or being sent home, a la John Wall. But yeah, yeah like you said, Raj, Raj Darvin Ham's hyped him up so much. Like, what is yeah. Darvin Ham gonna say to the press? Uh, game one, or like even media, or like you know, preseason, like Russ is at home, and like what what is Darwin Ham going to say? Like, right? It's just is, not, is he just going to act like the whole summer didn't happen? Right, it ain't plausible. Yeah. My yeah, thing is, regardless of how I feel about Russ, man, he he at least deserves yes. the opportunity to fail. Like, you can't yeah. send him home. You know what I'm saying? You you invested that much in the rest, so you know it's your responsibility to make it work. And I do think. I don't know if a world exists where he can be the player that he needs to be to make the Lakers a contender, but somewhere you can get something out of him if you cannot get a trade done under the terms that you want to get it done. Because at the end of the day, I know the, the trade done, but I don't run the Lakers. So, um, and all that matters is what they want to get done. So if they can't find one under what they prefer, then they mm-hmm. got no choice but to make it work and then ride it out until next year. And like you said, Rods, because of the position they're in, they're not really in a position of power as far as, like, to be dictating, like, terms right. and stuff. So it's, like, it, it's the ultimate conundrum. And it all goes back to what we talked about, Rods, and Donnie, about, like, they're going to have to do something stupid to undo this. Like, that's just the, that's just the fact. And that does yeah. include riding it out a whole year and, like, kind of, hurting the opportunity or hurting the chance of being like a contender in the West. Um, but it's a lot easier just to, and if I'm allowed to, can I speak on like my perspective of what they should do with the picks and whatnot? Yes. Got you. So my whole thing is 
looking at the market, Pete was talking about on Lake of Room today about like looking like how many picks and for what these picks are that these players are going for. Like, I mean, are the two picks like as to the Lakers at least, how valuable are they to you relative to the opportunity that you can give like these two superstars to compete? Like it just it don't it's I'm I'm fully on board with them trading the picks now, like thinking about it. Because I think like they should be a little bit more lean about wanting to give away because they the scouting is elite. You proving like you can find players who are off the radar and you can turn them into players that are like big time contributors on the team. Like I don't see why they're so like they need, but I don't because they it's not need like it. they don't have picks at all, like for the next week. They got picks. So I would expect them to whoever they draft over these next three drafts or maybe two drafts, because I think one of the picks will have to go to New Orleans. Those should be the players that should carry the weight going in 27 and 29 if they develop, how they should develop and be the player they should yep. be. And they should be, they should be drafting moving forward every season. They should be drafting two guys, even if it's two second rounders that they buy, they should yeah. be drafting at least two guys every, um, every off season. Um, yeah. It's kind of ridiculous, honestly, looking back. I'm trying to think. They didn't draft anyone in 2021 mm-hmm. and and 2020, right? I don't believe so. Like I mean, they THC didn't... was like the last draft pick. Before... Yeah, THC was 2019. Right. Yeah, um, that was the last pick. And which is just like rate. look at their hit rate with what they had to work with. Like they've gotten what like Austin uh, Reeves. Yeah, and I mean they had one draft pick, and they arguably, and I'm I'm kind of looking at it on a from the viewpoint of think about the tanking teams think about the teams who not even close to being into a competing standing like these a Scotty Pippen could get minutes on like an or, or a um a, a Oklahoma City Thunder team or a Scotty Pippen Jr. I'm sorry or Cole Swider can get minutes on like a a team like who's another team that's like tank on the Spurs he could get minutes Spurs or this, for sure. or this team, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe this. You are getting like players who are legit NBA players for like little to nothing, which go back to your point, Rod, about the process of how they're like kind of nullifying all that. That it still it is hard work, but they're nullifying that hard work and easy reward. Like they're like just wasting it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, they, they're doing the they're doing the hard work, and like it's just like I mean, this player got forgotten because we couldn't really. Uh, like afford to pay him, I guess, in like a uh, in a general sense. But I mean, Malik Monk got a ton of reps last year as you know our third kind of ball handler. Was you know what I mean? Like just as the guy we run a, a ton of stuff with next to AD, and we just he just walked. I mean, it's not saying we you know it's not a huge deal. I'm just saying like that's kind of the process system that I'm looking at. That like you know you kind of Malik Monk's a young guy shot 40 percent from three the last two years a guy you should be able to pay like $10 million a year in like a general team building sense. Um, but yeah, just like guys like that, I think, you know, we forget about it very quickly because I mean, it's Malik Monk's not a, you know, franchise changing player. I'm just saying like how our process is kind of, um, or how our process works, I guess, as a franchise, we just kind of let players come and go. Um, even though we kind of, not we ourselves, but like just put resources to build them and build them as players and let other franchises kind of, Cap, uh, capitalize on that. So, um, what's the yeah. pick count? And none of you mind doing like a, a 
shit count as far as just like looking at that and then what draft picks that the Lakers have? Yeah, well, I gotta, right. I gotta run, y'all. I gotta record my uh, SPN file real quick. Um, so I gotta run pretty soon. Thank God, man. I need something to listen to tomorrow, <laughs> man. What y'all doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah there you what? Can you share what the uh, episode a tease? Yeah, I'm sure this genie bus thing will come up once or twice. <laughs> so that's tough. That's tough work, Dennis, man. <laughs> uh, well, hey, if we lose you, um. Thanks for hopping on. Um, yeah, all right. I appreciate you guys. I'll see y'all next time. Yeah, man. Yeah. Peace out. Dude, so we got – okay, let me see. We got – no, this this is like our historic draft picks. They got a draft pick. We got a draft pick next season. Pick swap, though, with the Pelicans. Um, 2024 draft, Pelicans own it outright. But that's the one that they could defer to 2025 if they want. Um, so the Pelicans will have either the 2024 or the 2025. And that's it. Then we just own everything. Bom, boom, 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 boom. So we own the 2026 outright. Um, we trade 2027. We'd have 2028 outright. We trade 2029. And we own the second round pick in all those seasons. Um, so, yeah, it's not that bad. Um, let's see. You got any, uh, you got any final thoughts, Walt? I'm trying to think if I had anything. There was something I was wanting to say, but I can't remember it now. Uh, my final thoughts is I, I just want a fun team. Like, I yep. understand being like a, a old geezer and knowing like how, when you're looking at life on a, I hate to get deep y'all, but on like a grand scale, when you only have so many resources, be realistic about the position that you put yourself in. And I, I know the Lakers, like, chances of them being contenders with what they had to work with and being able to build that this summer, I knew that was, like, slim to none. But, you know, they got somewhat of a shot to be a, a passably um, competitive team. you got to take advantage of it. And I think at this point, it's all a waiting game. I think everybody should just be as patient as you can and uh, just understand, like, they know, like, they don't want to do the two picks. But they know what they're up against. I think in their heart of hearts, they know, like, these picks are gone. We do want to see if this team is going to, like, you know what? We'll take a pick, a pick swap, because that's not a bad deal. You know what I'm saying? And, and it is what it is. I think Russ know what position he is um, as far as, like, this kind of being the last hurrah for him. I mean, the Pat Bev deal was encouraging for me as far as them not not like being sitting on their hands because look how yeah that was that deal was done from what all I know like it was done it was all a matter of like they had to get the final word on Kyrie and yeah it's been with, it's been it's been done for like a month it seems like yeah and just and again this ain't no inside information I'm nobody but I mean clearly I've seen this is three different reporters bring up the Lakers being linked to the Jazz um Knicks like deal. Yeah, um, you know, it's not really a definitive position as far as where they are on either in this in this like transaction, but like where there's smoke, there's fire. Like I do think like that they may be um, included in that because they are one of the teams that can make that easier for everybody. By right? then, they definitely could be in a position where they don't have to give up their picks because they can throw a pick. If Utah's already getting all these picks from the Knicks, they can throw a pick in, and maybe they do go with the Boyan deal. And whoever else they need to put in the deal to um to make it work, 
And then, uh, I mean, if they just want to pull out flat out on that deal, they still got the Pacers deal they can look at. But I do think it's very early, I think, because everybody got access to how all these deal, deals work. And we get all these reports and stuff, and we see all this news. It can make you a little angry, but this is my plea for everybody. Just be patient, man. Like, remember how this used to be back in the day. We just didn't know. We kind of went about our lives. So um, I wish that we can kind of take a microscope off of, like, every move we see, every report we see. But it's hard because this is the new the new media, as Draymond would say. But I do <laughs> like we're in a place where, like, it's – it's just September, man. We got a long time before anything that matter go down from a bat- basketball perspective and all that good stuff. So, right, buckle up. Oh yeah, I would love to trade to get. I would love a trade to get completed tomorrow, so I can get you know a couple, two or three weeks breath in uh, before you know before training camp starts, media day rolls out. We hear all the new people, yada yada yada. I need it, man. I just need I, – I would prefer that Pacers deal. I'll take the Jazz next deal. We got to we gotta actually give LeBron and AD a chance. We can't, can't just punt on another – we can't punt on year 20 of LeBron. First superstar to actually sign with the Lakers in God knows when. Like what, since freaking Shaq? Unless you want to count AD? Like, can't just punt on year 20 of LeBron. Um, So, hopefully that just happens this week. That'd be beautiful. Head into Labor Day weekend, just chilling, knowing we don't have to cover Russell Westbrook anymore. That'd be a beautiful thing. Um, I'm good with wrapping it up there. Do you have anything, anything else? Any thoughts? Go Lakers? Anything trivial like that? Man, go Lakers, man. Go Lakers. Thank you so much for joining us, man. I appreciate all the support. Um, Danny, you, you, what you wrote recently, man, for the people to check out in the meantime until we do this again? On uh, LakersOutsiders.com, you can find article I wrote last night slash today, power ranking all the players that we kind of talked about today. Evan Fournier, Bojan Bogdanovic, Buddy Heald, Miles Turner. Power rank them individually instead of just ranking the two deals against each other. I thought that'd be kind of interesting to do. So, yeah, go check that out. Uh, you can find it if you go through our Lakers Outsiders feed or just click on the website. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, like Walt said, I got to echo that. Thank you, everyone that uh, has been here for a while or been in here for a couple seconds. I don't care. Thank you for hopping in here. Um, if you want to, if you only were in here for a little bit, I'm going to try. I'm going to try, try, try to get this on the Lakers Outsiders podcast feed tomorrow morning. But either way, go follow us there for future podcasts for the rest of this offseason and uh, definitely in the middle of the season. Uh, check out our website. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already. And, yeah, thank you very much for uh, listening to us bumble about the Lakers tonight. Um, we'll see about the next time we're doing this. Uh, but yeah, speaking for Walt and me myself, uh, thanks for listening and we will catch you guys next time. Yeah. Thank y'all again.